fire. And it's just such a great metaphor for us, especially as women, to to really look at and feel into how are we in relationship with our inner fire? Where are the places we're scattering it? Where are the places we've dampened it? Where are the places we've given our fire to other people? And how to be sustainable again so that we're our fire is really bright, that we're grounded, that we have, you know, we think about like, you don't want to just build a fire in the air. You need it to be earthed and grounded so that that fire stays steady. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostest. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you had a nice weekend and you are ready to rock your week. I spent last week in Spokane, Washington, and I am currently in Walla Walla, Washington, where I lived for a couple of years when I was a little girl. I came down here so I could visit my Uncle Steve and Aunt Anne, and it was so good to see them. They are the coolest aunt and uncle ever. Today, I am leaving Walla Walla, Washington. Say that three times. Walla Walla, Washington. Walla Walla, Washington. Walla Walla, Washington. (laughs) And heading to Portland, Oregon to spend the week doing more interviews for the podcast being interviewed on other podcasts, doing some final tweaks on my book proposal, and visiting a few Oregon wineries. Of course, Oregon Pinot Noirs are my fave and especially Erath Pinot Noir. The Erath Winery was one of the places on my list that I wanted to visit on this RV trip, and by God, I'm going there. But I won't be doing too much sampling because I started the Faster Way to Fat Loss program with last week's guest, Amy Wilson. If I have too much vino, then they'll need to change the name of the program to Slower Way to Fat Loss. (laughs) If you missed that episode, make sure you check out episode 108. No matter your health and fitness goals, Amy teaches a lot about how to take care of your body. She was such an awesome guest, and she is such an awesome nutrition coach. I'm 
loving the program and I feel better already. I'm sleeping better. I have less brain fog. That's good. My clothes are feeling a little bit looser and I just feel good for taking care of myself and making myself a priority. We all get busy in life, you guys, and we sometimes forget to pay attention to our bodies and give it the love it needs, and it needs some love. I'm excited to see how I feel and look in just a few weeks. By the way, I love the Faster Way to Fat Loss app. It's incredibly easy to use, and I'm kind of picky about stuff like that. And I have never, ever, like ever, tracked what I eat on a daily basis. And it has helped me tremendously because I realized that I have not been eating enough. Although I eat pretty well most of the time, I wasn't getting enough protein and carbs in my diet, nor was I drinking enough water. You should be drinking half your body weight every single day. There's a way to track your water intake on the app too, which is pretty cool. You know, since all of us here are at midlife, most likely, then we know how much our bodies change at midlife. So it's even more important at this time in our lives to take extra, extra, extra care of ourselves. I want all of you to live a fulfilling second half of life. And in order to do all the things you want to do, you need to take care of yourself. Anywho, I highly recommend checking out the Faster Way to Fat Loss program and you get Amy as your personal nutrition coach. Plus, Amy will send you some free resistance bands as a listener of the Midlife Makeover Show. Just go to fasterwaycoach.com slash pound Wendy Valentine. I will also leave the link in the show notes. All right, moving on to more healing. Today's guest will help you reignite your inner fire. We all have this flame burning within us. Sometimes the flame is big and bold and burning brightly, and sometimes the flame is tiny and timid and barely flickering. I share more of my story on today's episode of when my flame was barely flickering to the point that it almost went out completely. But thankfully, during that time in my life, I discovered the book, Awaken Your Inner Fire, Ignite Your Passion, Find Your Purpose, and Create the Life That You Love, which was written by today's guest that you are about to meet. The book was not an empty promise either because I did reignite my passion. I created a life I love and I found my purpose. Or as I stated on today's episode, I gave myself permission to fulfill my purpose. I believe that a lot of you out there know your purpose deep down But it's just a matter of stepping into your purpose untethered, unfettered, and unleashed. It's giving yourself permission to be you and to shine your light into the world. I loved today's conversation because it was a deep, soulful conversation 
the stuff that really matters in life, the stuff that resides at your core, the stuff that is your true essence. It's your inner fire, that beautiful flame that needs to shine bright. I'm going to use a metaphor for your inner fire. And since I'm living in an RV, we will use my little red lantern as a metaphor. (laughs) On the front of the lantern is a black knob that controls the brightness of the flame. I can turn the dial to the right to turn up the flame and make it super bright, so bright that it can light up the entire RV park. Or I can turn the dial to the left to make the flame super small where it only shines a little bit of light on my picnic table. The choice is mine of how much light I want to shine. I have control of the dial on the lantern. I'm sure you know where I'm going with this metaphor, but you are the little red lantern. And you are the one that has control of that dial. And you are the one that has control of your inner fire. You decide if you are small or big in your life. You are the one that manages your fire. You can give away your light or you can hoard your light. The choice is yours. I want you to think about your relationship with your inner fire during today's episode. Think about the places you have scattered your fire, dampened your fire, been there, done that, and given your fire to other people, done that too. Think about how you can turn up the dial on your little red lantern so you can be bold, bright, and badass and not give an F as to whether or not someone appreciates your light or not. Take it from someone that used to not shine because there were people in my life that were intimidated or allergic to my light. I was more concerned about their light than my own light. I was more concerned about them feeling bad than me feeling bad. Let me tell you, those days are over and I want them to be over for you too. Shine bright because you want to shine bright. You deserve to shine bright. You were meant to shine bright, and the world needs you to shine bright. Believe me, you. Turning up the dial on your inner fire is the greatest gift you can give to yourself, to your soul, to your relationships, to your health, and to your well being. I don't want your inner fire to just light up an RV park. But I want your inner fire to light up the entire world. So come out of the dark and shine my little red lantern. Today's guest, Heather Ashamara, will help you do just that. She is the best-selling author, mentor, land steward, philanthropist, and has spent the last three decades weaving together earth-based wisdom, mindfulness, and practical strategies for creative, courageous, and compassionate individual and community change. She is the author of nine books, soon to be 10, including the best-selling Warrior Goddess Training Series, which I have also read and I highly recommend, and The Seven Secrets of Happy and Healthy Relationships with Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. Love him! All right, my little red lanterns, please welcome Heather Ash to the show. Enjoy! 
Heather Ashamara, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. I know you're probably new to me, but actually, I discovered you years ago, right when I needed you, because I would a time I was at a time in my life um, when I was having, I guess, what you call a midlife crisis, <laughs> a midlife meltdown, and I discovered your book. Uh, is it Awaken Your Inner Fire? Is that the name yes. of it? I think yes. yes. And I needed that book so bad because my inner fire was like this teensy tiny little flame. Yeah, that after going through divorce and the empty nest and just the usual thing of raising kids and running a household and like, yeah, my flame was out. So that book helped me tremendously. And then what was so funny, then after that, uh, my therapist had recommended your other book, The Goddess Way. Well, I can't remember the name of it. Um Warrior Goddess Way. I love that book. So thank you so much because it made a huge difference in my life. And honestly, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at right now with my own podcast in an RV if it wasn't for your books. Yes. And so what's funny too, is that when I think it was your agent that emailed to request for you to be on the show and normally you know, I get, I, I get tons of requests every day, which is awesome. And I, I'll click on it. I go to the website. I have to like, I'm like, who is this person? You know, as soon as I saw your name, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. That's an instant. Yes. <laughs> like, I can't wait. So anyways, thank you so much. And welcome to the show. Now tell everyone a little bit more about you and all the amazing things that you do. Mm, thanks so much, Wendy. It makes my my heart's so happy to hear. I love that book, uh, Waking Your Inner Fire. Um, yeah. yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so I've always had just a love relationship with both writing and with fire. So I knew that I wanted to be a writer when I was seven years old. Um, and I remember trying to write my first book at seven and being like, huh, I don't think I've had enough experience yet. So, and my my love of fire and it's just such a great metaphor for us especially as women to to really look at and feel into how are we in relationship with our inner fire where are the yeah. places we're scattering it where are the places we've dampened it where are the places we've given our fire to other people and how to be sustainable again so that we're our fire is really bright that we're grounded that we have you know we think about like you don't want to just build a fire in the air you need it to be earthed and grounded yes. so that that mm. fire stays steady yeah that's, that's that's so true yeah because I like looking back in the last few years of just when I did reignite my fire and discovered my purpose which is what I'm doing right now and it's not what, let me rephrase that. It's not that I discovered it. I gave permission <laughs> for me to fulfill my purpose because I knew what it was. I think a lot of us know uh, deep down what it is. Like even at seven years old, you knew you needed to be a writer and to express yourself and to share your gifts with the world. And I want, you know, on several platforms and I knew the same thing, but I didn't give myself permission to do that. But yes, I think it is like once you reignite that fire, then sometimes, and 
looking back again, mine got a little like a little bit out of control. And then you have to learn to control that fire, right? Because otherwise that can cause some damage, uh, which we'll talk about, you know, also your experience with the physical fire that really changed your life, it seems like. And was it last year that you went Mm -hmm. through an actual fire? Yeah. Yeah. Big one. So Yes, yeah. that is so wild. Yeah, mm-hmm. so let, let's talk about that. That was one of the California fires. And how did that impact your life? And what were your lessons from that? Yeah, it's so ironic because I've had a, you know such a deep relationship with fire. I'm a firewalk instructor. I train firewalkers. Uh, and it's that place of learning to be in relationship with something that's really scary and walk across it and use your fear as part of the energy to get you through hard things. So that's like been a big metaphor in my life around facing challenges. And I have a retreat center outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And the the biggest wildfire in New Mexico history went through our land last year. And we lost basically 95% of the of the forest it was just devastating uh. and in that experience you know people were like well what's your relationship with fire like now and i'm like it's the same mm. like the fire didn't purposely go to like ruin my land or like hurt me the fire was doing what fire does is right. it was burning it did it very well and there's a lot of cleanup and a lot of heartbreak and a lot of change that that brought, which fire does. You know, yes. there are times in our lives where we're like, can I just have a nice slow fire that just gently transforms things? And that's not the way life works, right? Yeah. Life's like, hello, boom. <laughs> yeah, let's clean up. Let's burn off some things. Yeah. So it was it was devastating. And it's also created some, I don't know how to explain it exactly. I'm still processing it through. Mm. Just on the physical, I went from, you know, I had property that I had a five-year plan with of having it as a retreat center and a hermitage and people could come spend time there. And it's now shifted into this 50-year process project of looking at climate change, reforestation, Mm. changing, you know, helping the soil. Right. So there's there's been different people that I've been working with in so many beautiful ways of how do we restore something that's been so damaged and destroyed. Yeah. And it's a very slow process. And that's yeah, I, like with, even when you say those soil. words I'm thinking of like yes, of course the physical fire and then also metaphorically speaking too, you know, it's like how do you restore even yourself after you've been through tragedy or you know, trauma, right? And then how things, I mean, really, again, looking back at my life during that time, I did kind of like create a big enough fire to burn off some things in my life, whether that be relationships or bad habits or, you know, and then it's, it's kind of, um, I don't know, it, it enlightens your soul and, and helps you to realize more about your life and, and, shines the light, you know, no pun intended, on the things that you need to look at. Kind of forces you to do that, which is interesting. I wanted to read a quote. I I wrote it down because I was looking on your website and I was like, oh, I love this quote. 
And you said uh, what you often label as roadblocks in your life are actually doorways to discovering deeper truths about yourself because it's often the unplanned or unwanted situations in your life that show you the immense reservoir of strength that resides in your core being. Ah, beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And, you know, I've seen over and over again that when big change happens, that it, like you said, forces us to shift our perspective and Mm -hmm. to think in different ways and to expand ourselves to be available to possibilities in ways that we might not have been before. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's shifting that perspective, right? Because, and I'm, you know, I try my best, like if there's something that's happening in my life where, you know, it might be beyond my control, right? Might be a fire that comes through. And I try my best to look at and go, what can I learn from like, what can I learn from this? And even just like you said earlier, like it's still coming, all the wisdom is still coming to you. It may not be in that moment that you realize what the lessons are, but there are lessons in it and every single thing. And I would say, especially through the hard stuff, right? I mean, the good stuff is easy. Like, oh, yes, I feel so happy from <laughs> taking a trip to Paris or whatever. Like, woo, you know, but when tragedy hits, that's it's like, ooh, there's something underneath it. There's something, you know, in in the ashes, right? If you will, there's something there. And, you know, I try to even tell people too, it's like if they're going through divorce, there's a lot of my listeners or followers have have expressed they're, you know, separated or going through divorce or they're stressed about the empty nest or they've been, you know, a stay-at-home mom and now all of a sudden they're having to go back out into the workforce or whatever. They might be moving, et cetera. Like, just go with it. Allow it to just, you go ahead and let the fire burn, right? And then see what happens. Like there's going to be something there. You just have to be patient and wait for it. And it's also a great opportunity to make something good out of it. Just like with what you're doing. I mean, I'm sure you probably didn't even realize you would get even more involved in in the physical aspect of the of the fires and climate yes. change and right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And you know, I'm writing an article right now called Ash, uh, Lemonade from the Ashes. Oh, and that, I love it. <laughs> that place of like being with the grief, being with the loss, being with the sorrow, being with the rage, like to give ourselves enough time. That's really important to bring our fire back yep. is to clear all of that. I don't even want to say it that way. It's like to give ourselves permission. And I love that you said that you gave yourself permission to do your purpose, to give ourselves permission to have the grief or whatever gets evoked by the change to not try and like, just like stomp it out and be like, it's all fine. It's fine. Yep. Yep. Actually go through the process. Then time, like, yeah, the new things start growing and we start to see the wisdom or a different perspective um, and that there is beauty even in the worst catastrophes. And it takes time to see and to recalibrate ourselves to that new story. 
Yeah, I love that. So I had shared with you earlier, I was just in Glacier and I was doing the, one of the red bus tours up the mountain. And I'll admit, I was like so in awe of the scenery that I tuned out a little bit what the guy was saying. But I did catch something about how they had some fires. But now that they have these seeds that are instantly dropped when there's a fire, something I can't remember what he said. I'll have to go back and, and ask him. But um, it's the same thing with us personally, where you're going through something, you are going through a, a big fire in your life and there's new seeds to be dropped during that time. And they're not going to grow in that very instant moment, but you've got to, it's almost like there's this, um, happy medium of kind of embracing the fire, embracing the ashes, embracing the new, what's going to grow a new forest, right? And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not an ending in any way. It's definitely a, a beginning and it's, it's a different beginning because like I look at you and I was looking on your website again and, you know, all your books and, and how you're evolving and that you, you're allowing those experiences in your life to, to help you grow really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I've been um, playing with and learning about is mycelium. So the part of what happens in a forest fire, if the fire burns too hot, is that the actual fungal network, which is how the trees communicate. So not only do the trees die, but the fungal network can get wiped out and the soil gets sterilized. And that's the problem. It's like if you have sterilized soil, then you have to do a lot of work to to bring it back. But it's all in the it's all invisible. Right. And so like in, in our own healing process, there's so much of our own process that's invisible, that's under the ground. Mm. And what I've been playing with is this idea of like, when we go through tragedy, if we let ourselves go into the depths of it and reconnect with the, the invisible network, what we're in connecting mm. to is our compassion and our understanding that everybody goes through tragedy and our gentleness and our vulnerability and there's something so tender that gets mm. born from going through tragedy if we allow ourselves yeah. to connect with others and just realizing like it's there's joy and there's sorrow and that it's all a part and right. that we can use the sorrow to connect with other humans and with just yeah. the human experience in such a deeper way. Yeah. And then but, new things yeah. grow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've uh, I've noticed with every single person that I've interviewed on the show, they've all gone through something where, and I know we talked about this earlier, but you you learn from it, and then from the, you're going to teach that. So as you learn, you teach, and as you teach, you learn. But it's like we be we we're our own guinea pigs, you know, and we we can again switch that perspective and use those experiences in life to to create better things and help people with what you go through. Right. And, you know, I, uh, made me think with what you were saying. So my ex-husband died at the age of 26 years old. And it, of course it was, came out of the blue, not expected. And here I was a single mom with two kids. I had just started a new business and here I was, I was like, I didn't have time to grieve. I was like, I don't have time for this. Like, I I just had to pick. I was like, I got to take care of the kids. I got to take care of this house. When, blah, you know, it was just crazy. And I never grieved. 
it was always like in the back. It was the, it was the, it was the fungus, right? <laughs> it was just laying down there. It was like waiting and waiting. waiting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So then here it is. I go through another fire in my life. I go through a divorce. My dog died. My cat died. And my brother died all within six weeks of another. Yeah. So huge freaking fire. But I'll tell you, like I went, my brother had gone into a coma and I remember I packed my bag kind of like I, I knew that he wasn't going to make it, you know, but there's always that like, oh, you don't even want to think that because, you know, thoughts become things. I was like, shut I better not think that he's not going to make it, but I don't think he's going to make it. And I went back and forth whether or not to pack a dress for the funeral, you know, and I was like, and my friend said, just, just throw it in there. Just throw it in there. I was like, okay, fine. So I passed by the mirror and I remember I looked at myself and I said, this time you're going to give yourself the gift of grieving. It's a gift. Like you actually have to go here. I'm going to allow you to grieve. And it was the greatest thing I did for myself. Mm. And, and yeah, at that same time, that's when I discovered you. So it was perfect. It was like, so like full circle It's crazy. But, and of course, as I'm grieving for my brother, the grief of my ex comes up. Like it's all, and I was like, it was the biggest freaking fire ever. But I was like, bring it on, bring it on. Like, let's do it. Let's just go for it. And eventually it's like, yeah, there was a huge fire, if you will, metaphorically within me. But then that fire got smaller and smaller until it was a nice, controlled, healthy fire, if you will. And that it allowed me to kind of get to where I'm at to propel me, you know, forward in my life right now. So, yeah, that's that's such a good point. Um, I want to make one more point. Has anyone seen a fantastic fungi? Have you seen that? Yes. So oh, that's what made me think of. But that is yes. such a good, such a good documentary because it does talk about you know, a lot of the planet and fungus and the importance of it. And I had never thought about that before with fires, you know? So, so what's, what's going on now with you? What's next? A combo of, we're actually, we actually just bought a mill. So we're about to mill the dead trees to build cabins. Wow. Yeah. I love that. In New Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's really oh. cool. So that's the next phase with the, like, just the structure. And then mm. we have scientists. This is so amazing. Sometimes, you know, I have big visions and sometimes like things happen that I'm like, I couldn't have seen that one coming. So I now have people that are, are using the land to plant trees and to do restoration work around the soil and to do studies around oh. fungus and what happens after a fire oh. to help with climate change. So they're like our land is now becoming kind of a test ground around these new experimental technologies around replanting post wildfire. Wow. So that's been amazing to be part of. And yeah. Wow. And that is so phase. cool. I mean, not that I would have want, wanted you to experience such a horrible fire like that and to lose, you know, almost everything, but, but there's so you're making a lot of good out of it. Yeah. 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 The prayer is it'll then go to help 
in other situations. It's, it's my dream to actually ha- have my own little retreat center. I've wanted, I've always wanted to do that with like little cabins and then a community center. And like, that would be so cool. Or, or to actually, cause I know you have an Airstream, right? Or to take a bunch of like old Airstreams and renovate them. Like, oh my God, that'd be so much yeah, fun. So fun. Yeah. So yeah. the book that you've got um, now that's coming out, when is, when is that coming out? Do you- it's coming out in a year. So it's okay. Yep. Not soon. 2024. Spring 2024. And, yeah. and what's, and what's this book going to be about? That's the lemons from the ashes or lemonade. Yeah, really? That would be great. <laughs> um, it is called wild, willing and wise. So oh. I started writing it about the three archetypes of the maiden mother crone. And as I started writing about it, I was like, I want to make this book like really non-gendered and really open to everybody. And what are the qualities that Maiden Mother Crone bring? And so what I came up with was this idea of how do we get back to our wild nature? Yeah. And like to look at what is excess wild? Like what happens when you have too much wild and you start burning shit down? (laughs) Um, And what happens when you squish your wild? What happens when you try and tame and like, control yep. your wild and, and what is balanced wild. Um, and then this idea of willing, like what's more mothering than like a mother has this deep willingness to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And so how do we capture our willingness to do hard things, to stay steady, to get sustainable? And where are the places that we can go out of balance with our willingness and go into caretaking or trying to fix everything um, or feeling hopeless of like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. And then the third quality is wise. How do we reconnect to our, to our deepest wisdom? And mm. that we can also go out of balance, like having too much wisdom where like, I know everything. Oh, gosh. I can learn, right? Um, or, the, or the opposite <laughs> of like not having enough wisdom where we keep relying on other people. Like somebody else knows what's right for me. Right. So it's, it's a fun book. I cuss in it. Uh, it's based on a river trip that I went on when I was younger down the Grand Canyon. Oh, so there's a the lot canyon. like it's kind of the water version of my inner fire book, which is fun. And it's wow. it's a good ride. Mm-hmm. Wild, yeah. willing and wise. Yeah, those are such powerful, think, powerful words. It's it's so good. I'm excited, yeah. really excited for it to come out. This is a funny thing about being an author because I'm like. It's done. I'm moving on to my next project, but it won't be out into the world until I know. <laughs> next year. Is this going to be number 10 for you? I think so. Yes. Golly. I'm on number one right now. And I know Yay. like what, oh, gosh, I tell you what, I just, just submitted my book proposal to my agent a couple days ago and Yay, good. Shoo-wee. it's just like such a weird, and talk about you know, you have to, it's that same thing, that kind of that happy medium. You have to be detached. You have to be okay, positive, but like, it's okay. And she goes like, oh my God. And just so be yeah. willing to accept whatever comes about. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, but it's, you really have to dig deep within yourself, huh? When you're doing the writing. Yeah, you really do. It's such an excavation. Mm-hmm. to write well. Any new wisdom that came about for you on this one? Yeah, part of what came out with writing this one was giving myself permission to be more playful. 
mm. and to be silly and to recognize that I had started, I actually wrote another book for this publisher that was a memoir that was, it's really intense uh, and very heavy and like beautiful, but like some really hard stuff I'm writing about. Uh, and uh, my business coach was like, I don't, have much, I don't know if you want to put a really difficult book into the world right now. Yeah. And so the, kind of the revelation for me was like, oh, wow, I could like choose of like, I'm going to put a lighter book into the world because that's kind of what the world needs. And it's more what I need right now. That's interesting. Yes. Very, yeah. So that was, yep. big. I was like such a permission of like, oh, it doesn't always have to be hard. It yeah. Be Something like light and fun. And, but at the same time, you know, I, I think I've learned more out of the very simplistic books, you know, and I, I've even kept that in mind as I'm, you know, writing my book that, it doesn't have to be something new. It, it's, you know what I mean? Like a new tool or a new technique. It's like, sometimes it's the, even just like when I read your quote, like, it's just, it's so, it's simple. It's to the point. And I, I feel like nowadays people are kind of like, it's enough with the fluff, right? Like, you know, they're just yeah. like, tell like the dog ate the cat, you know, you just like keep yeah. it yeah. very Please. simple and yeah. straightforward. Like, just tell me what to do. And I actually, now that I think about it, I feel, especially after COVID and all that crap, I feel like people are willing to change. They're, they're realizing like they're embracing change more because change happened obviously a few years ago, even like, it's just like the fire, right? Whether you like it or not, it's happening. Like you're, you're being forced into change. And I do feel like there's, you know, there's a uh, proactive change and there's reactive change, right? Like you can be like, you can wake up one morning and go, whatever, I'm going to get it. I'm going to quit my job today and I'm going to go become a crazy writer in an RV, you know? <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, you could do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. But you can do like, there's that proactive change, which is tough. And then there's that reactive change. Like if somebody, you know, oh, okay, here you get served with divorce papers, like, hello, whoop, where did this come from? That's reactive change, right? Yeah. Either way, you got to gear up. You got to like get that courage to, to do it. And I, I feel like that what I hear from a lot of my listeners and, you know, followers on social media, it's, I want to do X, but I don't have the courage. So what do you, what do you think about that? What is your response to that? Like if someone's like, I want to do this, but I don't have the courage. That courage is not a mental state that you can push yourself into. That yep. courage is about taking action, even yep. if you're afraid. Yeah. Leap so in the network here, right? Absolutely. And to find other, you know, I think it's so important for us to have other role models yeah. Of beings that were courageous. And instead of going, oh, well, they were courageous, but I'm not to say, okay, so how do I like let yep. this being inspire me to take action even through my fear? Yes, exactly. That's really. Yeah. And then I think too, it's like when you have a knowingness about something like, okay, I like for, I'll just use me as an example. Like I knew I needed to quit my day job. I knew I needed to get out of that marriage. You know, I, I, I knew I needed to do that. And you just have to keep that in the back of your mind or maybe in the forefront of your mind. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And 
it's trusting yourself, trusting that you're you're making the the right choices. And I actually don't believe in mistakes. I believe in retakes. So it's like, what's the worst that could happen? Like you you take a you know a step forward, you leap, and okay, well maybe you have to pivot and do something else, right? But yeah, it is about just leaping and and trusting that the net will appear. And I had someone on the show not too long ago and she's like, no, the net doesn't always appear. And I said, but you're, you're the net. It's not that you're expecting something else outside of you to be that net. You're the net. And it's just really yeah. trusting that you like, you've got this, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's that place of really learning part of courage is learning not to abandon ourselves regardless of what happens. Mm. So it doesn't mean it'll always go as expected and it'll go perfectly or you'll have make the right choice. Sometimes you make the wrong choice. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like at all. Right. And yet if we learn to not abandon ourselves and to stay loving yeah. and compassionate and present with ourselves and talk ourselves through things, yes. then we can we can make mistakes. It's okay. It's the places we have this identification with. I have to be perfect. Yep. I have to get it right the first time. Because if I don't, I'm going to punish myself or feel bad or feel guilty or use it as a, as a way to prove that I am worthless. Whatever we do, that we have to capture our own attention to not let our judge lead our lives, to not let yes. the victimized part of us lead our lives. But to really stand in learning how to witness ourselves and stay with ourselves in the long haul. Yes, you're exactly right. That means right. sometimes we make mistakes or it doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like, but we're like, okay, yep. picking myself back up again. Yeah, let's, you're right. Keep going, sweethearts. Some of those, exactly, some of those words you said, it's just about having compassion, not abandoning yourself. And, you know, it, it's really about how you speak to yourself and how you treat yourself. And yeah, and push through in the kindest, most compassionate way, whatever it is that you're going through. And just knowing that it's it's gonna like the fire goes down eventually. It it doesn't stay like it like it will go down. You just have to trust that that it'll go down and that you can actually control that and have that balance. Just like you said too, like the balance of 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 wild, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. God, this has been great. See, I love these deep conversations. <laughs> to me, this is actually, this isn't deep to me. Like this is normal, windy conversation. <laughs> I get all into the metaphorical stuff. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where, um, where the juice is. So any bit of advice um, that you can leave the audience with is, um, as far as awakening that inner fire. If someone feels like that flame is just super teensy tiny, how do you reawaken that? What's, what's one mm. step you can take to try to reignite that flame? One step, I mean, there's so many things I'd say is is looking at like, are you squishing your fire out of fear of being too much? Hmm. Or are you scattering your fire? Because sometimes we dampen, sometimes we scatter. So that curiosity of to step back and be like, huh, okay, what am I doing with my fire? What does it feel like? Am I giving it to other people? Am I trying to contain it? And just having that metaphor of, of visioning, what am I doing with my fire? 
and then seeing that without beating up, but just witnessing, then we can start going, okay, then what do I need? If I'm going to support this fire, what do I need? And sometimes Mm -hmm. you need a better container to hold the fire or to be nourishing, doing things that feed you. No, so if you realize, oh, I've been dampening my fire. Okay, so how can you start bringing a little bit more wild back? How can you start giving yourself permission to have passion and focus and creativity in your life? And so, little baby steps. Yes. Where you are now, don't beat yourself up about it, and then feel into if you are going to nourish that inner fire. What does it need? We Mm. all have so much wisdom in our beings. Yes. But we have to listen. We have yep. to listen. You're so right. Oh, that was so good. That was really good. Thank you. So where can we find you? I am uh, mostly on Instagram. So I mm-hmm. do some Facebook, but uh, warriorgoddess.com is the website. And I also have a new website that's heatherashamara.com. And one of the things I've been doing, like the newest thing I'm doing right now is a, is a substack where I'm talking about contradictions. It's called dancing in the contradictions. Ooh. So that's where the, the, that's where the good ashes article Uh, is going to be posted. So yeah. And I think it's just heatherash.substack.com for that one. Do you, uh, I just thought of this. Do you, are you taking donations at all for your. Yeah. I have subscribers for that one now, which is very exciting. Oh, nice. So that's a new, a new thing that I'm doing. Um, nice. really fun. So I can yeah, write longer, that is so cool. longer, more in-depth articles there. So. Yes. I love it. Wow. And I can't wait for the next book, even if it's, well, you'll have to come back, come back when the book comes out and perfect. Yeah, I'll, and I'll read it. it. We'll go we'll through it. Oh Good. my gosh. Yeah. That. That would be really be so fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're Thank so you. welcome, Wendy. Thank you. So good to be on your show and thanks for all that you do. Thank you. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, how are you in relationship with your inner fire? Where are the places you have scattered it, dampened it, given it to other people? Number two, you need to earth your inner fire so it can be grounded and steady in your life. Number three, when big change happens, it forces us to shift our perspective to think in different ways, and to expand ourselves to be available to possibilities in ways we hadn't been before. Number four, give yourself permission to go through the hard stuff in your life. Let that fire burn. Look for the lesson in the ashes and plant new seeds so you can grow in new ways. Number five, Courage is not a mental state that you can push yourself into. Courage is about taking action, even if you are afraid. Part of courage is not abandoning yourself. Number six, leap and the net will appear. You are the net. So trust yourself that you will figure it all out. Number seven, Capture your own attention to not allow the judge or the victimized part of you to lead your life. Have compassion for yourself and stand with yourself for the long haul. All right, was that good or what? I hope you feel inspired to turn up the dial in your life. I hope you turn it up, (laughs) y'all. 
Remember that one song from, what was it? 10 Buck 3, The Future's So Bright, You Gotta Wear Shades. Let's all put on our shades because everyone is turning up the dial and reigniting their inner fire. Yes. Thank you, Heather Ash, for shining your light on us today. Make sure you check out her websites at warriorgoddess.com and her new one, heatherashamara.com. I will leave the links in the show notes for you as well. Thank you so much for being here today and thank you for being a part of my light. Enjoy your week and I will chat with you on Thursday. As Wendy would say, be bold, be free, be you. And as Heather Ash would say, be wild, be willing, and be wise. Yes. Have a great day. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.